it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we move into a Wednesday, Gary, how are you? I'm just shaking my head as uh, as always. You you ready? Yeah, okay. And they just won't let up. Only on one person on this. Not the other person, but this person. Doctors have to recommend it. I want doctors. I'm not saying, I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying we hear great results. And some people say, let's go to a laboratory. Let's test it for a couple of years. No, I get, we got people dying in this country and all over the world right now, not in a couple of years. They're dying. As we speak, there are people dying. I think it's a great thing to try just based on what I know. Again, I'm not a doctor. Wait, hold on. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Are, are, is President Trump trying to tell us he's not a doctor? Uh, no. <laughs> what What happened? I thought he was. I well, thought he was a doctor. Well, apparently, that's Qu- why I voted for him. Well, apparently, Cuomo is. Doctor Cuomo, yeah. Right, because he's allow he, he's allowing it in his state. Doctor Michael Corleone, <laughs> uh, he's, he's smart. He actually is smart. Not like not like everybody says. Uh, I reading Jonathan Turley yesterday uh, about Jake Tapper retweeting that Trump is one hundred percent insane. This is Jonathan Turley, who's not a Trump fan. By right, the way. right, right. Yeah, constitutional uh, uh, professor, mm-hmm. law professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the one that, uh, if you don't remember him, wa- went on and testified before the impeachment committee and said, no, and he's not a Trump fan. Right. Didn't vote for Trump. Don't know if he would vote for I don't know. Maybe all this could change somebody like Turley. I don't know. Right. But he said, Jake Tapper's retweeting that Trump is 100% insane, only further undermines the media by reaffirming that many... That the media, excuse me, that uh, for many, that the media is campaigning against Trump rather than covering him. The definition of insanity, and this is a great point. He brings, hey, you know what the actual definition of insanity is, is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Right. And that goes to the media. Yeah. Where right. they've just upped it. And if you're out there right now, and we know that we have our Democrat friends and our liberal friends listening, we know you're out there. And we thank you for listening. Yeah. We appreciate it. It's great that you do. Yeah, you're wrong, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're wrong about everything, but thank you. (laughs) But why isn't Cuomo, who was actually allowed the use of hydroxychloroquine and the z pack to be used in his state and says it's up to the doctors to do it, why, as far as I know, have you seen, now I haven't watched all the press conferences. Right. Has any in the media attacked Cuomo like they have the president over the exact same topic where Trump has never made it a policy whatsoever on a federal level saying use it 
That's up to the states to do. Mm-hmm. Cuomo has done it mm-hmm. without FDA approval, has done it and said hospitals can use it if they wish to use it. Has he received any of the criticism that Trump has? If you wish to understand, and if you're a Democrat out there, you've got to say, yeah, I'll give you that. They are political activists. They really aren't covering the president. They are the resistance. They are the opposition. That's all we've ever asked of them. Look, if they wish to run their media organization like that, go ahead, do that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And apparently they are. Just ad- <laughs> just admit what you're doing. Yeah. Right. And I'll, I'll state this again. Everybody knows that we give our opinion on the air. We don't hide that. We don't sit there and say, oh, we never give our opinion on the air. We tell you exactly what we do. We give our opinion on the air. Now we back it up. And we say, here's why we believe this, 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 and this. And if you've got another viewpoint, let us know what it is. And back it up with facts. Your opinion in itself without anything to back it up, without evidence or facts to back it up, really doesn't mean much to us. But I will actually say this. We here on Red Eye Radio, being opinion makers, opinion creators, we give our opinion. When we've Occasionally people will say, call us up and say, I'm just so glad you, you know, I really like listening to you guys because you're not biased. Of course we're biased. We tell you our bias every day. But I think when we get listeners and telling us that, what they're saying is, even though you're biased, you're biased based on things that you look at the facts out there and you can reasonably look at those facts and say, yeah, okay, I, I understand how you got to your opinion because they're based on the facts, which makes us, as admittedly biased people in the media, more fair and more truthful than the people that call themselves journalists, and we know they're not, they're political activists. So forget about the individual stories that they do. Understand that what they market themselves as to begin with is a lie. We're not lying to you. We tell you exactly what we, you know, what we do. I well, just I, I think it. it's important that if you if you uh, if you issue an opinion, if you, if you are going to be an opinion maker, that people know how you came to that opinion. Yeah. Why you think exactly. the way you think. And the the idea again of, you know, uh, you know, retweeting this 100% insane thing. Anybody doing that about Governor Cuomo by the way? Anyone? I haven't seen it. Maybe there is. You would think that would make the news. Someone calling him crazy for doing all this. Well, you just, you see the, que- it doesn't stop. I, I no. sat there and went, you know, after, you know, about 10 days of uh, Cuomo uh, promoting the exact same thing. You see Joy Behar try to get Gavin Newsom again yeah, to right. criticize the president. Mm-hmm. Like, well, no. It's like, we disagree with the president. He said we've got a ton of, you know, ton of lawsuits to the state again, so there's disagreements with it. But no, he's been wonderful and great throughout all of this. <laughs> They can't get a win anymore because, you know, we're, we're in this situation right now where um, we really are in the fear creates or brings out something that's instinctual. You and I asked after Katrina, where, where, where was the instinct to move out of the way of the storm? And we're talking the adults. There. Yes. Yes. If you, rem- right. if you remember the uh, 
from the the parking lot and from inside the dome Mm -hmm. there. And we were talking about able-bodied people. Right. It's like, if I knew a Category 5, because that's when they started saying we need to evacuate, it was a Category 5. We know Mm -hmm. it didn't hit. Mm -hmm. New Orleans is a Category 5, but we're like, you... They had days. Right. They were warned for days. We would get up and I would walk out. Right. Something I would do. I would do... There are so many ways to get out of the way of the storm, um, but that's what you do. Where's the instinct for survival, right? right? And we're seeing that more and more because of the the fear here. The one thing about a hurricane is you you can see it, you you know it, you know what it is. Many people don't fear it the way they should. That's unfortunate, but you know what what danger it presents. You can quantify it, and then you can deal with it, you know, accordingly. A lot of people didn't get out of the way of the storm, and they were stuck. Well, now, you look at what's going on here, and I do believe you're seeing a greater instinct from the unknown. It's the fear is based on right, the uncertainty. Right, yeah. and, and that's a different type of fear, because you can't see the virus. You have no idea who's infected, who isn't. And you see, I think we're seeing a, an American public right now that is having a, a different kind of reckoning. I wish it wasn't happening for this reason, but it's a different type of reckoning. The media, the activists, they haven't changed what they're doing. But what they, I think what they don't realize right now is that the American people have changed how they're thinking. They have more time to think. It's unfortunate that they do, but... If they're at home, whether they're working at home or they've been laid off or fired, they're at home a lot. And they're watching this whole thing play out. They're looking for action. They're looking for something, the president to actually do something. And meanwhile, these activists are playing games. It it is amazing the way that they... Again, we're always in this perverted awe of the media. And many on the left, because we're like, you're really trying to still play that. And when I saw yesterday, the reporters were still trying to play that the president is somehow doing something irresponsible. And he is the one that is approving the use of it when he said, I'm not approving the use of it. As he said again, how many times has he said, I'm not a doctor. The doctors are saying in these small studies, they believe it's effective. I say go ahead and fast track it. And if it works, use it. Cuomo has said, he first hesitated a little bit, but then he came out and said, nope, hospitals can use it if they wish to use it. Yeah. And so he allowed that in his state. Is he getting any of the criticism that Trump is getting? No. And if Cuomo is so much smarter than the 100% insane Trump, if Trump is a bumbling fool, and that's why you're calling him on that, if he has an IQ of two, well, then shouldn't your anger be addressed at Cuomo, the genius, the person who you believe should be the presidential candidate on the Democrat side? If he is so incredibly smart, yet doing what dumb Trump is doing, why aren't you going crazy at Cuomo? Everybody understands what I'm doing here. Everybody understands the answer to that. Yep. What the president is uh, is 
is stating is something that most people say is common sense. There are people dying now. These are drugs that have been used for the longest time, so we know what the side effects are. They've been used probably in doses by the tens, probably hundreds of millions worldwide. And off-label use has been done by the medical profession. And in the small studies, the doctors believe that this might be able to change things. Trump suggests we move ahead. He's doing experiments like Hitler did on innocent people. Cuomo is doing the absolute right thing and is a saint. And they both, right now, have the exact same opinion on the exact same topic. Mm -hmm. As we like to say to our liberal friends, tell us where we're wrong. Coming up, the new coronavirus models that are out there, uh, the media and more the definition of insanity. Coronavirus polling, phase four, the virus bailout hits a snag. By the way, with all the discussion yesterday Mm -hmm. from Democrats and Republicans, The president talks about infrastructure. Doesn't even seem to be a topic that's ever addressed when they're discussing what to do with phase four. Right. It's really amazing. I think it's I think it's DOA. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsey Graham backs Trump. No funding for the World Health Organization. Wisconsin holds their election. And it's just, by the way, Jonathan Turley talking about that again. The Supreme Court is interfering in Wisconsin's elections. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. Quite the opposite. Exactly the opposite. They said. That's the law of the state. This is what your legislators have said. The legislators are the ones that decide what to do, not a judge. Election rules are done by the legislature, not the judge. Legislature says this. We go with the legislature. The people of Wisconsin speak through their elected representatives. If you don't like it, remove them from office. Yeah. That's what this push for change on the state level. Right. Go ahead. Right. Supreme Court simply said, you're the state of Wisconsin. You do. You know, you do what you think you should do. The judge doesn't get to decide it. He doesn't get to override election law that the legislature has legislature has passed and did not change because of the pandemic. Yeah, right. Uh, the latest coronavirus stats and foods that were not selling so good before this now making a comeback. That and more on the way. Plus your calls and comments if you'd like to get in. We would love to hear from you. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Jerry McNamara. We have continued to distribute ventilators across the country. Uh, we're, uh, we're sending additional ventilators from the Strategic National Stockpile. Uh, Maryland will receive 50 ventilators. Delaware will receive 50 ventilators. Uh, and uh, uh, that will leave uh, more than 8,400 ventilators still in the national stockpile. You know, we look at all the predictions that were made as to what was going to be needed. We'll get to this uh, in more specific terms following the bottom of the hour, but the new adjusted coronavirus model predicts now fewer people in the United States will need hospitals. They still say a total of 82,000 will 
uh, die by August. That is 12,000 fewer deaths and 121,000 fewer hospital beds than the model estimated just last Thursday. Yeah, right. So by the time we get, you know, three days later of new stats coming in, it's been it's been reduced. And we'll go through some of the projections that have been made for the, the states. Now, New York, for example, has increased their predictions. One of the things that came out, too, uh, the you know, people wonder in the model that California and New York basically started the social distancing at the exact same time. Yeah. Way right. more higher deaths per capita yeah. in New York than there are in 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 California. There are so many questions, and that's why we've said you we bring these figures to you. We tell you that the figures are incomplete and the models are, are incomplete, but you can see the direction that we started at that caused uh, caused quite a bit of fear in societies worldwide. And what the initial predictions were based on what they've come down to now. And now as we gather more information, what we thought was going to be is not nearly as bad, still bad, but not nearly as bad Mm -hmm. as was initially predicted. Right. And it keeps going in only in one direction. For the most part, Mm -hmm. New York has gone in, in the opposite direction, but nationwide, no. And worldwide, it's even gone, as we have talked about before, uh, in the opposite direction. Plus, we'll get uh, some polling actually being done. Uh, Five thirty-eight actually doing some pony po- uh, polling. <laughs> Ponying, I said. Mm. <laughs> polling on uh, coronavirus and what Americans think about it, and the president's response. And by the way, the president's response to anything really is sort of the same. Well, because all the questions are the same. Well, Republicans think the same. Democrats think the same. Yeah. Independents, the same. Right. You know, same, same thing. You know, same thing going on there. And so uh, it, it it doesn't matter what the issue is. This president basically stays consistent across the board yeah. on most demographics. Right. So. And, and and I think, you know, the uh, the president, basically the, the people are watching for the action of the administration and Congress. And so far, they haven't screwed it up so far. And there's decent approval. Here's your forecast. In California, typically, on average, the wettest month is February and November to January, thanks to the Pineapple Express storms. But we are seeing a heavy amount of rain again today for Southern California. Look for heavy mountain snow to continue into Thursday at the lower elevations. Heavy rainfall could pose a flash flood risk to burn scar locations. In the mountainous areas of San Bernardino and Riverside counties, 10 to 20 inches of snow are possible, prompting winter storm warnings. The central and southern plains will be dry. Minnesota and Wisconsin have a system moving through, which could provide some snowfall in the overnight hours and rain throughout the day. That system will stay north of Chicago. The bulk of the rain today east of the Mississippi will include the chance for severe weather in West Virginia on up through southern Ohio and Pennsylvania. Rain will continue into the northeast through tomorrow. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trout.
Pure Chaos, Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Well, hope everybody's doing okay. Yeah. Doing all right? Hanging in there? Uh, it was funny yesterday. Oh, I was going through Facebook and it's funny, the last few, uh, probably the last week and a half, people have been asking me, how's Independent Bob doing? We haven't heard about him in a while. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, of course, he's, uh, like the rest of us, practicing social distancing at home, but he put out a, <laughs> I think people are getting cabin fever. He he just put out a, a post saying, yeah, it's really interesting uh, that, uh, you know, just sitting around the house, you know, this is really you know, you just wonder what it does to people's minds after a while. And he said, I can take a walk. He is a small, like, par three golf course right on the property that he lives at, the property of, of homes there, the the subdivision. Mm-hmm. And he plays it once in a while. He says, and I'm actually able to get out and golf a little bit. He said, but boy, this really is taxing. This guy gets on and just blasts him. Don't you realize there are people worth, worse than you? And there you are bragging about your lifestyle and how great you have it. And all you've said was, I get to walk around a little bit. But boy, the isolation. This guy just tore into him. Man, I'm just losing it laughing. And and I had to give him a call and say, well, you know, welcome to the... You're, you're almost in the talk radio world now. And he said, yeah, all I was doing was saying that you know everybody is in the same place i'm not saying that people don't have it differently than me i'm simply saying that you know there's a lot of isolation out there and, and right. bob lives alone yeah doesn't he doesn't have a cat like i do to keep me company <laughs> and so he was like yeah you know it's really Quit just... bragging about your cat right, exactly other people don't no. have cats Gary. <laughs> exactly <laughs> shame on you how dare you but i got the biggest kick out of it and had to give him a call and i started as soon as he answered i started railing who are you <laughs> no. don't you and I started bringing up different topics to like any other topic uh, yeah. uh, uh, out there. Right. You know, you could sit there and say, well, I went golfing today. Do you know how many people can't golf? <laughs> I can't golf. It's only because I don't know how. Um, or, or saying, I had a barbecue today. Do you know how many people can't afford food? <laughs> right. <laughs> but this guy. I know how many can because we just put a, a, a roughly on the average $3,400 in their bank account. Yeah, exactly. So I, I that was just, I had, I had. Uh, some fun yesterday with independent bob calling and screaming at him and he was laughing I, you know i said how dare you so uh that's where that's uh that's where we are uh you know, right now where people are some people are getting cabin fever and starting to latch out or uh <laughs> not latch out <laughs> or lash out lash out mm-hmm. so did you see too some of the people out there i mean you're seeing it now we i think we've had two in north texas basically, you know, on social media stating that they're going out and they have the coronavirus and trying to spread it. You know, um, who was it? I forget which uh, grocery store chain they arrested a guy for coughing on the produce. Oh, a woman got hit for that, too. Yeah. 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 What kind of moron do you have to be? Seriously. The one woman did it on purpose. Yeah, right. She was coughing yeah. up. You know, it yeah, wasn't yeah. like she that's, just coughed. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, it was intentional. This person was doing the same thing. It was clearly intentional. You need to stay at home even after the virus is done. Don't ever go outside again. <laughs> you're a moron. You, you're too stupid to be in public. So here you go, 538. All right. Not doing anything on 
I haven't even checked. I haven't gone to 538 to see what their political predictions are right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, how Americans view the coronavirus crisis and Trump's response. How worried are Americans about the infection? Hmm. Uh, 33.4 very. All right. I'm trying to see here what the difference is in this graph that I'm looking at here. All right. Um, okay, 33 point, okay, okay, 36.4% somewhat. Okay. 33.4% very. Mm-hmm. Very eight, worried. Very worried, right. Uh, 18.9% not very worried. 9.9% not worried at all. Um. Is worried the right word? I mean, I don't sit around and actually worry about it. Uh, there are concerns with just, well, I don't know, everyday concerns that that occupy my mind. Do I sit around and worry about it? No. Well, I Am guess, I cautious? Yeah. I guess you could say that we were cautious. This is our 27th day, by the way, of where you and I decided on the exact same day not talking to each other mm-hmm. about it, but we just sort of on the same day said, okay, time to social distance. Now, uh, probably I go out just maybe over a three-week or over two-week period, maybe three times mm-hmm. to go grocery shopping. I went uh, on Monday but really prepared to go. Uh, I said, well, I'm just going to see how long I can go without going out, except maybe hitting the gas station and coming here yeah. uh, and see if I can, you know, m- make it even more than a week this time. And am I worried? No. Uh, am I concerned? Because you, when you talk about that, you're talking about your personal self. Are you concerned? No, am I cautious because I wish to continue doing what I'm doing now, and so I'm planning ahead like you? Yes, and we are probably some of the first that had that thought to social distance early. Um, I, I think if there were any, if there's any worry going on on my part, it's about the economy shutting everything down. That is a worry. Yes, I'm uh, more. I'm more worried about that. They actually ask about that. Mm-hmm. Um. Because long-term, that has the potential to do a great deal of damage. It has the potential to do more damage than the actual virus. If you're talking about going into a depression like they were talking just a few weeks ago. Man, I don't even, the first Friday in May, I do not want to look at the unemployment numbers. Here it is. How worried are Americans about the economy? Now, you could say, yes, personally... Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about the safety of myself. What's going to happen is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But taking the precautions so we can continue to come in here and do the show, even though we probably will be set up to broadcast from home by 2030. At this pace, yes. At uh, the pace. We will have more testing going on, you and I, tonight with our computers on on that front. So, Mm -hmm. But economically speaking... Are Americans worried? 54.9% very worried. 31.5% somewhat worried. 9.6% not very worried. 
3.2% not worried at all. That's on the economy. Well, that 3.2% is uh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, (laughs) (laughs) Michael Bloomberg. I'm sorry, Mike Bloomberg. Mike, Mike, yes, Mike. Um, it, it is, uh, but the people that work for Mike Bloomberg are part of the fifty-four point nine percent that are very concerned about the economy. Yeah, or the people that were let go when they were told they were going to be kept on through November. Yes, exactly, including, yeah. including those people. Yeah. Um, it is, but it, that's I think where the worry is for me. We can't sustain this. We're going to have to open up soon. We can't go. We can't go on like this. You think about what we did, um, and and I said it a few weeks ago. People are going to get restless, but beyond that, I mean, the cabin fever is one thing. The economy tanking is quite another. I think uh, 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 Britt Hume said, well, we haven't flattened the curve yet, but we flattened the economy. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the long-term repercussions of, of doing that of course, is a concern. And Americans, as we have stated over the past few shows, will take a look at the cost. They'll do a cost-benefit analysis mm-hmm. of their own life. Now, I will say this. Uh, it also, a lot of how people will think about this is, do, was anybody I know affected by it? Right. That changes. Right. We, now yeah. we know someone, right. and we had talked about him yesterday, who was seriously affected by it. Mm-hmm. And I know somebody else who was affected by it, and they thought it was going to be serious, but they recuperated very quickly in the hospital and never had to be put on a ventilator. Mm -hmm. So I know two people that have had it, one extremely serious and one serious. Does that change how people will look at this down the road? I don't know. That's the great unknown. That's the great unknown for the election. That's yeah, the as right. as things start getting worse for people economically speaking, in all likelihood, the president's approval will go down. That's just a natural thing that comes if the economy takes a hit, no matter who's in charge and no matter what the reason is. Yep. And so I think the president, number one, being a business person doesn't want that to happen, which is why he said, look, this thing's going to come back and it's going to come back quickly. Well, we hope so. We understand. And he even said, look, I got to be a cheerleader that we're going to get back on track here. Mm-hmm. He said that. And of course right. he does. Right. We, well, I Eventually we will. And I hope because the shorter it is, the quicker the comeback. So let's all hope and pray that is the case. Well, I saw today that the National Association of Broadcasters mm-hmm. And I was talking to Dad about it today. I said, you know, you look at the the broadcasting industry. A lot of these other places, you know, they either were forced to close down. But if you're forced to close down, you know, you may you may be losing income, but you don't have to support a labor staff. That doesn't happen. For example, in the whole broadcasting industry, you have to stay no matter what. Mm-hmm. And advertising, probably in some cases, what, in the broadcasting, television, and radio totally has gone down, what, maybe 90, 95% in a week. Boom. Mm -hmm. They can't go off the air. It's not like other companies that you can shut them down and say, okay, I still got rent, I still got this, but I don't have the labor costs that I have to pay. Mm -hmm. That's gone. And so I saw yesterday the National Association of Broadcasters now 
if there's going to be a phase four, is now approaching the federal government saying, hey, well, t- tell us an industry that's been more affected than we've been affected right, right. because uh, we still have to stay in business. We still have to broadcast. We can't shut down. Right. And the operational costs have changed very little. Exactly. So uh, you look at, you know, uh, uh, all of that, uh, the people that will be affected. I don't know how small business, I don't know how retail, especially the restaurant and the service industry, I don't know how quickly that they will come back. I was thinking, for example, the the, restu- the restaurant right around the corner for me that's on a, that's basically a marina restaurant, yeah. bar, club, right. live music outdoors during the summer. And I started thinking to myself, Memorial Day. Yeah. If the all clear happens by Memorial Day, will anybody be there? Right. Even well, if our habits will change after this, and they'll be, I mean, it'll be fairly permanent. It'll be probably, I'm guessing it'll be at least a year or two before we get back to, you know, going out and, 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 and mingling and uh, congregating even at a restaurant. You see a full restaurant now, it's something very different. I remember in the days after 9 11, there were, there were no planes in the sky. And when they started flying again, it looked eerie because we've all seen the video of the planes hitting the two towers. Mm-hmm. And planes in the sky looked very different, at least to me, and have looked different ever since. If you want to get in, we do have a line open, 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I urge them at the president's request that they get us another $250 billion approved, and we look forward to the Senate passing that on Thursday and the House passing that on Friday. This is much-needed support. Uh, Mnuchin talking about more money needed for the Small Business Association. Will there be a phase four is what the discussion's about right now, it looks like. Uh, there won't be at least before the end of uh, April as Republicans and Democrats differ on that. We will get to the specifics of that coming up, plus uh, the latest on the newest models that are out there and your calls and comments. Just want to finish some of the polling here, Eric, that we uh, had here on uh, coronavirus. Uh, Do Americans approve of Trump's response to the coronavirus uh, case or the crisis? Uh, This is from uh, 538. Nate Silver's uh, website, 48.4% approve, 46.4% disapprove. Now, how is it viewed among uh, the different political demographics out there? Republicans approve of the president, 85.4% of Republicans approve. Independents, 43.6% of independents approve. And only 19.9% of Democrats approve. That's, again, Nate Silver's 538 and what Americans uh, right now, their opinions are on the coronavirus, how scared they are, are they worried about the economy, how scared they are about or how concerned they are about their own health and more.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Thanks so much for being here this morning. How is everybody doing? What you doing up, huh? A lot of you driving across the country, delivering what we need. Uh, I went into the supermarket Monday, Mm -hmm. Monday afternoon, loaded with paper towels. No toilet paper. Paper towels were back. (laughs) Did you see somebody slice a roll of paper towels? They they just they took a like a hacksaw or something (laughs) and cut it into. Smaller rolls for toilet paper. It was, yeah. So I haven't had any trouble. I again, I'm I'm not going out but once a week. But um, the times, and maybe I'm just lucking out. I I, I don't know. But um, I found toilet paper each time. Well, it was on the shelf. I didn't necessarily buy it, but I saw it. The one thing that's out most consistently is toilet paper and canned soup. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's one of the foods, soup, macaroni and cheese, was not selling very well before all of this. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, there was an article, I don't know, this goes back maybe a year or two, about the soup companies and how people had just quit buying, you know, canned soup. And now you can't find it. Um, yeah, it's all, em- all it's the em- comfort food, basically. Yeah. Trying to find the article that I had on it here. It was from San Francisco Chronicle. Um, Let me see. (laughs) During a recent trip, talking about one woman. Recent trip to the store, she bought SpaghettiOs. She threw two large boxes of goldfish crackers into her shopping cart, and then she went in all on the dairy. I'm eating ice cream, ice cream bars. And tonight, I'm making a spinach artichoke lasagna. There's so much dairy in it. But I just need the comfort I get from that food right now. Yeah, right. Two two growing trends involving how people eat. The rising amount of money spent on meals outside the home mm. and the increased purchase of fresh organic foods in grocery stores have been reversed. Many restaurants have closed and shoppers are reaching for frozen pizza and boxes of cereal instead of organic greens and whole grains. Yeah, I mean, um, this we, I, I think it, it is part of that mechanism I think it is part of the instinct that says, you know, if the world is ending, I'm going to get comfort somehow. And I'm also going to your body, you know, kind of tells you things when when you if you're going through that kind of stress that is long lasting. It's not about, you know, a a an event that is that is about to happen. It's about something that's ongoing. It's it, it's becoming this chronic stress that people are under. And that that has you usually overeating good news for big companies like Kraft Heinz and JM Smucker which have struggled in recent years to adapt as Americans have shied away in great numbers from highly processed food now in the moment of crisis shoppers are turning to old standbys that they may not have had in years or even decades 
Most large food businesses like Campbell's Soup, which had been in a steady decline in soup sales the past two years, are now ramping up production and temporarily increasing wages for hourly employees to meet the higher demand. In the past month, Campbell's Soup has soared 59% sales as from a year earlier. Mm. Uh, Prego Pasta Sauce increased 52% and sales of Pepperidge Farm Goldfish Crackers climbed nearly 23%. You know, a lot of that has to do, too, with the fact that the kids are home all day now. That's if true. You, if you have school-age yeah. kids, keep in mind that they many of those kids were eating at school. Uh, they were, even if they didn't buy their lunch at school or get a free lunch, they're at home and they're constantly snacking, probably, I'm guessing. I'm eating the same. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really buying my low carb food. <laughs> yeah, I um you mean it's it's plentiful, you can find it. It's right? plentiful, yeah. yeah there's yeah. Uh, I'm having no problem. Okay, I get this, get that, get and even there was some soup, not a lot of Campbell soup, but yeah. there was the progressive soup which is lower in carbs to begin with. Right. For somebody like me. So I'm like, Oh, okay, that's fine. Uh but plenty of fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh meat's coming back slowly. Right. They were putting restrictions on meat, though. How much you could buy? Yeah, you, like you could only buy. You couldn't buy the one store. You could like you couldn't buy two pork products. You couldn't buy two packages of bacon. Hmm. You couldn't buy a package of bacon and then pork sausage. Right. And I never asked the specifics. So what is it? Just one one of each meat, but that's what I believe it is. Mm-hmm. You get a chicken and a pork. Chicken, pork, and beef, yes, but you can't get three beef or three porks. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> you just have to go to three stores to get it. Yes, you would have to go to three stores to you know uh, to get it. Now, I'm ready for the next two weeks. It'll be interesting to see what it'll be at that particular point. Yeah, you know where where we will be, uh, where the curve is going to be. We'll go through some of the uh, changing in projections here in just a little bit. Let's get to some of your calls and comments as. We promise to do. Let's go to Chris in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chris, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Hi, Eric. Very thank you so much for your show. Just really enjoy it down here in Louisiana. A um, couple, just uh, quick thing. I'm, I'm a nurse actually here in Baton Rouge, and um, and you know, there's lots of talk across the nation, New York, and here too about it. You know, they're perhaps flattening. My real question, point, uh, see what you guys think about this, is how would we like to see the um the call to go back to work for you know general you know population to go out i mean i would like to see it today i I feel like let's do that now because it will be a process that will take some time how do you how would you like to see it and how do you expect that might differ it to to go well i think you're going to see what you're seeing now for example the governor i believe it's south dakota who said we're not going to close down like everybody else Mm -hmm. we're not like everybody else we're you know we're, we're we're a pretty big we're a pretty big state with a very small population mm-hmm. so we don't need to follow the same rules and regulations as New York in in Texas even though the governor has put out an edict most everything uh, is you know being run i think more local and this is a governor that probably will say it you're not i, I think you're going to see it more on the local on the local and state level it really doesn't matter what the president says because the state's going to do what the state wants to do 
Yeah, you know, I mean, um, it's going to be and, the pressure in the state. So, well, and county judges are going to act, you know, right. However, they feel they need to act. I, I, I do believe that ultimately, um, when we start seeing real promise, especially with the medicine, the treatment, if it if it starts showing large groups of, of positive results all over the nation, you're going to you're probably going to see a uh, a, a fairly quick comeback. But Again, I think there's a lasting effect. Some of these small businesses that are already gone won't come back. Uh, Darden restaurants, we've talked about the restaurants that, mm-hmm. that can survive and those that can't. Darden restaurants, they own Olive Garden and others. They announced they had a, a billion dollars on cash, in cash on hand. A billion dollars, in, which is good. We talked about a lot of companies being over leveraged and, uh, and what they were prepared for and should we... Uh, again, is there going to be, I guess, a change in that type of behavior with those companies being over leveraged in the future? I suspect not. As, as long as the government is bailing companies and people out, um, you know, they're going. It, that's also going to be, I think, part of the lasting change. Is I think people are going to come to expect that anytime something hits, it doesn't have to be a pandemic anymore. Um, and by the way, we were already at that point. Nobody really was. Uh, you know, conservatives were, but we don't have a loud voice in Washington right now. And nobody else was concerned about the spending, about the deficit, the debt. Nobody's concerned well, about the that. manipulation of the interest rates that yeah. you and I've always talked about that made for uh, companies to over leverage because it's so cheap to borrow. Mm-hmm. Look, you look at the history of our nation. You're not good. I, I don't believe I'll I'll correct myself. Maybe I don't know if there's ever been a time where interest rates for 10 years have been this low. No, not in my lifetime. It hasn't. Not in my lifetime. No, we manipulate our interest rates. Why do we do that? Well, because we want we want companies to be able to, uh, you know, to succeed. Let it flow naturally. Yeah, right. Let, like any other product, let it flow naturally. Why? You know, why? Why do we do that? And they've talked about the fact that companies over leverage the last ten years, which makes it so they can't last very long if something like this happens, which means you immediately need a government bailout that we simply say, oh, fine, we found the loophole. Let's put all of our problems and all of, well, because we weren't responsible Mm -hmm. in the good times, let's put it all on future generations. Now, a pandemic, yes, there is going to be some government spending, but there's been government spending way before we ever got to this pandemic. This is not something this is not something new, but because and you look at all the government policy that exists out there, make credit easy, make credit easy, make. Well, then people are going to go and they're going to take advantage of that easy credit and the low interest rates. And that's one of the concerns right now is Mm -hmm. the fact that interest rates are so low and have been so low that you have had massive corporate borrowing. And so nobody can last a month. Got to pay it. Right. So that's, you know, that's where we are now. But as to coming back, I think it's going to be regions of the country. I think you're going to see cities uh, and, uh, you know, local areas do it. When you look at, for example, let me get to this here. Uh, and this is the, the how the Murray model, which is the one uh, from the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics. Uh, and they put out a forecast, uh, what a... Uh, couple of weeks ago and they keep putting them out and we talked about the forecast and how it has changed just since last 
Thursday from the CNN article, but forecasted fatalities in the last two weeks have fallen in North Carolina by 80%, Pennsylvania 75%, California 70%, Texas 65%, Washington 55%, and even by nearly two-thirds in Louisiana despite a recent surge in cases. Death projections, on the other hand, have increased by more than half in New York and 133% in New Jersey. More states are also predicted to experience their peak demand for hospital resources sooner. The Murray model now shows that Washington hit its apex on April 2nd, 17 days earlier than forecast just two weeks ago. California is expected to hit its peak on April 14th, 10 days earlier, though Gavin Newsom has projected the date at some time in mid-May. The Murray team say their projections changed because their earlier modeling was based largely on data coming from China, which wasn't reliable. Mm. Uh, the time from implementation of social distancing to the peak of the academic in Italy and the and Spain location is shorter from what was observed in Wuhan. They note this underlies the limitations of existing models. Uh, as they say, as Anthony Fauci said a couple of weeks ago, models were only as good as their assumptions fed into them. One problem is there isn't a consensus among public health officials about how variables other than social distancing affect transmission and fatalities, nor by any way do models account for how treatments could reduce deaths. The Murray's March 26 model noted that its model accounts for population age structure but not the many other factors that may influence the epidemic trajectory, the prevalence of chronic lung disease, the prevalence of multimorbidity, population density, use of public transport, and other factors that may influence the immune response. Uh, New York State is about twice as dense as California. They haven't taken that into consideration. New York City's population is about 300 times more concentrated than the U.S. as a whole, and 11 times more than Los Angeles County. More than half the people in New York City use public transportation where they have a higher risk of virus exposure. So all those things come into it. But as we see all the projections, even from just uh, 36 hours ago, much different than they even were on Thursday of last week, Mm -hmm. as CNN noted, as to the, the projections. Just in three days, you got uh, 12,000 fewer deaths and 121,000 fewer hospital beds. And now you've seen in the last couple of days, most states saying, well, we're probably going to be adequately prepared for whatever happens. Mm -hmm. Where we had the massive panic based on those models. The models that showed, remember, 2.2 million deaths. Mm -hmm. The Ferguson model. Yeah. The Ferguson model. That was the original model that came out that people were paying attention to. Then the Murray model started coming out a few weeks back that that uh, that lowered it. And then Ferguson lowered his uh, projections. And now we're seeing 82,000 deaths by August. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what total will it be? I don't know what the total would be. I don't know how you project it out over a year period or even into next year. If we have a vaccine by this fall and the virus has not mutated and therefore the vaccine would be extremely effective. And for all intents and purposes, at that point, we should have some kind of sample modeling on how many people, you know, have antibodies. And you would have to do a random test of I don't know how many you would need to get a statistically 
you know, plus or minus result as to how many people were actually, you know, got this across the United States and were immunized naturally because they actually got the virus and they were asymptomatic on it. So it'll be interesting. 866-90-RED-EYE. Tips from J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated on preventative maintenance. Safety items. As the first line of defense in the preventative maintenance process, your efforts are significant to staying on the road. The most important parts on your truck are the components that keep the truck safe. Some of the components you should pay attention to are the tires. Do they have the required tread on them? The lights. Are they all working? They're critical in making sure you can see and recognize what you're doing. The brakes. Is everything connected properly? Are the hoses not leaking? These are only a few of the vital safety components, but it's important to be sure all of them are working properly. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This has been the Meritor Driver Report, brought to you by Pilot Flying J, Shell Rotella, and Meritor Aftermarket. Run with the bull. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So no results from the Wisconsin primary because uh, we may not get the results till next Monday. Wow. And that was predicted because of everything that was going on. But the voting went on. But the results, just because of coronavirus, might not be in until next week. Yeah. And right. so it was funny because it's on Real Clear Politics, and it says... You know, zero percent of precincts in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Biden zero, Sanders zero, mm-hmm. and I just hadn't paid attention in a while and looked at the polls, and I had to go back in, uh, to April first, mm. the last polls that were done by Marquette University, and the Wisconsin Democratic primary, Biden sixty two, Sanders thirty four, a twenty eight point difference. Yeah, um, it is a. a I, I think right now you you look at it. I, I just wonder. What changes after, we said this, what, a week or two ago, everything now is post-COVID. Everything in your life, everything with the economy, everything with the election is post-COVID. But does it change much in terms of Biden being the guy? I don't see how it does. I still don't see a road for anybody else unless he drops out. Let me ask a question. Does Trump being on those press conferences every day that Republicans love mm-hmm. and Democrats want it censored because of it? So that one group actually went to the FCC saying that uh, the the uh, because uh, uh, TV stations and radio stations serve the public interest that they should stop carrying the presidential news conferences. Yeah, right. Do will independence sour on Trump because of the back and forth with the media? I don't know what the answer is because yeah, he's on right. every single day. Yeah, right. Will, and that's a huge question.
Arrogant Gary wants you to suck it up. Red Eye Radio. Yeah. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. 86690 red eyes. Maybe maybe right now isn't the time to be saying that. <laughs> I didn't even hear what he said. I would Eric and Gary want you to suck it up. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 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 Can we limit that one for a while? Yeah, maybe we do. No, no, and no. <laughs> okay, fine. So I I'm this is one of the days where I just go to the Drudge Report and say, What's in his head? Do you see the, the top headline? Well, the top headline to the left, where they've got all the headlines. You know, there's you know there's yeah. a major headline. Right. Then you go to the left. There's all these little headlines, and there shows a pink moon, and the headline is "Pink Moon Linked to End of Days Omen." Yeah, no, it's not. Well, okay, some people might be doing that, but <laughs> that's not why. And it's from the sun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. How ironic. And the headline, Super Pink Moon Lights Up the Sky Across the World in Rare Spectacle Linked to End of Day's Omen. I mean, it's, an, it's yeah. a tabloid. And that's the, the first thing you... Well, it's not the first thing you see because your eyes actually go center when you go to the Drudge Report. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's uh, the, the, uh, the number of deaths in New York and the number of deaths in France, even though... There was an increase in deaths yesterday. The number of cases actually went down yeah, in New York. Right. So, but then you look to the left and you see you can't help but seeing the pink, the huge pink moon. It looks beautiful. Pink moon linked to end of days omen. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm worried about right now. Right. Yeah. I love this headline from Babylon B from yesterday. Liberal treated with hydroxychloroquine. Hopes he still dies of COVID-19 to prove Trump is stupid. <laughs> well, Man. As, as we've said before, the media still attacking Trump. Yeah. For him saying, well, yeah, let's move. Doctors in, doctors in these studies mm-hmm. have said they believe there is great hope, which he started saying, what, two weeks ago, right? Probably right. two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. And just mocked. And mocked and criticized the one CNN, the ex-CNN reporter, stating that this is like uh, uh, Hitler experimenting on doing medical experiments on people. Then Cuomo comes on and says, first he came out and said, well, no, clinical trial, but that's it. And then he relented and said, whatever hospitals think. And we played that audio from the other day, whatever hospitals think. So he's the one actually implementing it. The, in in the biggest way of any state, zero criticism of Cuomo. Right. Zero. Unless I've missed something, I haven't seen it. No. Nope. And it's still the same thing day in and day out on Trump having to justify his opinion that the doctors say they may be onto something. But, of course, they put it that, Trump believes that we should use this. No, that's not what Mm -mm. he said. Mm -mm. And it just, it goes on day in and day out. And you just wonder, look, if you're on the left, you know it, right? I mean, you know, you know the double standard that exists here. Everybody on the left right now who's listening, you understand that. Yep. And it, but it, it just keeps going to the point of absurdity. But. It's end of days anyway, so. 
That's the end of days. It was a good movie. I was in a long time ago. The end of days. It's about Satan, all the evil in the world. Every time somebody says end of days, I just think about that movie. I know. I... It's the end of days. Listen to me. Um, <laughs> we we do need to calm down. I know we're all a bit nervous, but we really do need to take a breath. Because we yeah. will we will get beyond this and... I suspect it will be from likely from the, the treatment that's showing promise right now. I mean, that's in terms of immediate promise. That's, I guess, the best we have right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're hearing again, it's anecdotal. It's not a large, wide study. But I think pretty soon, if there are positive results all over the nation, doctors everywhere are going to be prescribing it for patients who have COVID-19. And then those, and that will be essentially that will turn into your. I know it's not a study; it's not structured the same. But, but if you have the collective medical community saying, "Yeah, this is what we're doing," look at this: the, uh, New York Times. Trump's aggressive advocacy of malaria drug for treating coronavirus divides medical community. The New York Times. That's right. That's the New York Times yesterday. As yeah. Andrew Cuomo. The governor of New York, as in New York Times. Wow. Day after day, the salesman turned president has encouraged coronavirus uh, patients to try hydroxychloroquine with all the enthusiasm of a real estate developer. Hey, how much are they drinking? Because, you know, they're probably they're probably working from home. How much are they drinking at home while they're writing these things? Uh, by the way, this is not an editorial piece. And it's not the Babylon Bee. No, and it's, but it's not an editorial piece. No. Day yeah. after day, the salesman turned president has encouraged coronavirus president or patients to try hydroxychloroquine with all the enthusiasm of a real estate developer. Is that a wow. new sentence or an opinion sentence? Wow. Um, it is, first of all, I mean, it's a flat out lie, by the way. This is, and, and, and this, then, this, here this, it is. Mr. Mr. Trump may ultimately be right. <laughs> and the physician's report, anecdotal evidence has provided hope, but it remains far from certain uh, as the president has said over and over again. He keeps I, saying, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a doctor. And and, me, and, and we're hopeful, okay. we're hopeful, we're hopeful. Gary, is that mm-hmm. encouraging? Is that pushing people? You know, it goes back to the whole fish tank cleaner thing. Look, bolstered by his trade wow. advisor, a television doctor, Larry Ellison of Oracle, and Rudolph Giuliani, a former New York mayor, Mr. Trump has seized on the drug as a miracle cure for the virus that has killed thousands. Has he ever called it a miracle cure? They don't have that in quotes. Has he called that a miracle cure? No. And then and then they they have to put it in. By the way, what possessed them to put that line in? He may ultimately be right. After writing everything else the way they wrote that piece. Oh, and then then at the bottom. At the bottom they do have but Mr. Cuomo told reporters on Monday that he would ask Mr. Trump to increase the federal supply of hydroxychloroquine to New York pharmacies, allowing the state to lift the limit on purchases. 
There has been anecdotal evidence that it is promising, Mr. Cuomo said, while noting the lack of a formal study. Right. And let me see, is that it? As I'm scanning down through the article here? (laughs) Yeah. Everything else, yeah. Everything else is about Trump. Is that the only thing here as I scan this article? It's a long article. So the there you go. Uh, yeah, it's the only that's the only mention of Cuomo in the whole thing. Well, Cuomo's the one actually implementing the policy in the state of New York and in New York City, where the New York Times apparently is located, which is why they're called the New York Times. <laughs> to- it, totally ignore. I think the most. The, what's, what's the most <laughs> obvious thing here in in that in that entire piece? And it's not in there. Well, what you should, the, how it should be written, Trump's aggressive advocacy of malaria drug for treating coronavirus divides medical community should actually read Cuomo's aggressive advocacy and use, allowing use of the malaria drug for treating coronavirus divides the medical community. Yeah. Should it not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The only bad guy is Trump, not Cuomo. I mean, it is so... I mean, it's so blatant, the double standard of the New York Times. And I just, what happened was I, I just wanted to see, okay, um, uh, you know, how, how are they actually reporting it? Right. And then you have here uh, from NBC News. Um, Mayo uh, Clinic cardio- uh, cardiologist, inexcusable to ignore hydroxychloroquine side effects. Who is? Right. While safe for most, the drug carries serious side effects for some. Yeah. That's why you do a medical background check on the person, correct? That's what doctors do, correct? Yep. (laughs) Are any doctors ignoring the side effects? Trump is not personally administering the hydroxychloroquine. Do reporters not know that? Yeah, I. It's just it, right now. It's this is the the activist media that can't help themselves. They just can't. And everyone, because we know. Every one of our liberal friends are listening right now, and you know, without question, you're shaking your heads. Yeah, I'll never admit it, but yeah. I never admit it in public, but Eric and Gary are right. Absolutely. They're absolutely right. This is a complete double standard and shows that they are not journalists. Right. They are political activists. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about fairness. They don't care about hypocrisy. They don't care about a double standard. They don't care about finding a cure for the coronavirus no. it's winning the political battle that they care about as we have said about this from the very beginning to zero criticism or response from the left please tell us where we're wrong specifically not just that you hate us because we know you do but tell us where we're wrong it's just i, I again um, 
I really, I really think this is. You talk about where the media has been since Trump has been president. Actually, before remember the whole relationship with Jim Acosta started on the on the BuzzFeed article, which was on what that was on the dossier, right? Yep, and that that activism has has been alive and ramping up ever since against one guy. Think about that. What's the purpose of that piece you just brought us from the New York Times? What would be the purpose? What's ultimately the message being conveyed? That that uh, Trump is involved in promoting something that's extremely risky, right? Yeah. And could kill people. And ignores the obvious. Right there in their home state, their governor is implementing already has policy in place. In fact, people were saying, don't restrict the policy in New York. In fact, do just the opposite. Allow doctors to prescribe it all over the state, even outside any clinical trial. Or right. don't limit it at all. Let the, let the medical community decide. And ultimately, that's what he did. And the focus is on what particular city that is absolute ground zero, the hot spot mm-hmm. for coronavirus in the United States, yeah, right. New York City. They're right in the thick of it, and they right. still can't get away from pointing their finger they at don't, Trump. They don't care about common sense that could save their own citizens of their own city right. in the New York Times. Right. They don't care. Right. No, and they won't. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. You want to know who's playing politics with coronavirus? It's not the president. It's the reporters. It's yeah, the media. It is. They're the ones that are playing politics with it, and the Democrats are playing politics with it. But when it comes to those meetings, or the, excuse me, the, the uh, press conferences that the president holds, the only reason it gets political is because of the questions that come directly from the media to the president. And the president takes them as political. Why? And he takes them as attacks. Why? Because what you're seeing is not being done in a vacuum. Now, the problem that the president has is a lot of people, a lot of independents may view it in a vacuum. Yeah, right. And so that's why I said earlier that the president being on every single day, will that have a wear and tear effect on independence? Because this election is about coronavirus. Right, And if they believe the president's involved every day in the going back and forth with reporters, they may not like that. That is right. that is the chance that the president is taking by being out there uh, uh, every single day. But n- the facts are, doesn't matter how people, it does matter how people perceive things as to an election, but the facts are the president is responding to the media, hmm. not in a vacuum, but how they've been attacking him for the past three years and doing so unfairly. Right. And, you know, I guess all is kind of goes aside and is put aside if the economy continues to to underperform. If if we're going to have a bad economy, the president's going to have a hard time November 3rd as well.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for uh, being here. We do appreciate it. Pressure is building. This from the Hill.com on Congress to pass another round of coronavirus relief legislation. But Republicans and Democrats have different ideas about what's needed and how fast. Uh. Democrats want to move uh, more uh, swiftly while GOP aides warn it's unlikely. A fourth bill will pass before May. In a bid to give Congress more time to deliberate before passing another massive relief bill, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he will ask for unanimous consent Thursday to provide as much as $250 billion in additional money to help small businesses keep workers on the payroll, the program for which Congress appropriated nearly $350 billion in the enacted $2.2 trillion CARES Act is a highly popular and faces an imminent shortfall of funding. In a telling tactical decision, however, McConnell did not reach out to Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, nor did Small Business Committee Chairman Marco Rubio reach out to counterpart Senator Ben Cardin prior to announcing Tuesday that Republicans would seek an influx of small business funding by unanimous consent. Rubio and Cardin were closely to help craft the unprecedented small business program so what they're saying is we didn't give it up to small business and so we're not going to pass a massive relief bill and think about this we're not going to pass a mass, massive relief bill just another 250 billion <laughs> wow <laughs> what was tarp seven eight hundred billion yes and, and remember this is congress already appropriated 350 billion to small business and less than two weeks later Small business needs a $250 billion more. We've way, we've way underestimated what they're going to need to bail it out. Well, what did I say? It doesn't matter. Okay, let's go to $100 trillion right now. Let's just, let's just round it up to $100 trillion. Eh. You know, You know where we will be in three weeks. Let's, let's just say tomorrow. Man, this is a nightmare just even thinking of this. I'm getting nauseous. But a hundred trillion dollars, all right, and they get that done. Everybody gets theirs. Somebody's going to knock at the door in a few weeks. <laughs> I didn't get enough. Give everybody a million dollars. Oh, a million? No, a billion. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Our grandkids and great grandkids are paying for it. See, that's Elizabeth Warren's. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I don't even like them. I don't know. They're not born yet, but I'm pretty sure I don't like them. <laughs> this would be Elizabeth Warren's nightmare. All of a sudden, she wakes up in a world where, or at least in a country, where everybody's a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing is, if you did that, being a billionaire would. Uh, 
uh, be boring? No, because it, it no. wouldn't have the money no. wouldn't have real value. The, right, you, the, uh, being a billionaire would mean you're in poverty. Yeah. <laughs> if you made everybody a billionaire, money would be worth nothing, which means being a billionaire would mean you're in poverty. Exactly. The new definition of poverty: you're a billionaire. You got to be a trillionaire to be in the middle class. If they did that, that'd be interesting. So there's who we are with phase four. Uh, Republicans just want to do 250 billion, okay, uh, for small business and get that done by the end of the week. Yeah, Unanimous right. consent, move that through. Who's going to vote against it? What Democrats going to vote against it? No, I hate small business. Boo, small business. They're small for a reason. <laughs> I mean, who's gonna who's gonna do that? Now, I would do that just to entertain myself. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that. When you look at it collectively, small business employs the most Americans. Well, okay. <clears throat> Pre-COVID, everything is defined pre-COVID, post-COVID, really. But pre-COVID, and it likely will be this way again, small business was responsible again uh, <clears throat> collectively for employing the most Americans. And if you... You know, if you fall short, by the way, another $250 billion, that sounds like, okay, we'll give them 100 bucks. I mean, it really does. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give them a gift card mm-hmm. because in, by comparison, and this is sad, by comparison, that just, oh, by the way, just a reminder, Trump was only asking for $25 billion for the wall. Uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin on Tuesday said Congress uh, asked Congress to appropriate another $250 billion into the fast-diminishing small business program that would forgive loans as long as employers keep workers on their payrolls. In the past two weeks, a record 10 million Americans have filed unemployment claims. Hmm. Well, it is a way to make the unemployment rate seem smaller. Basically, just give people the money because hmm. these small businesses can't employ the people. We're keeping you on the payroll. We're paying you. Yeah, right. You're not right. doing anything, but we're right. paying you. You're you're not an essential worker. You got to stay at home, but we're going to pay you, which means technically you're not unemployed. We're just moving the money into a different government account. Right. That's what in essence you're doing. Yeah, I mean, um because you'd be laying off those people if you didn't get the money. Right. Yeah. And so it's just a different way of 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 having unemployment. Uh the administration says banks have already processed 70 billion in federally backed loans for more than 200,000 small businesses, many small businesses are still waiting for on federally guaranteed aid. So they're already 70 billion through it. They mm-hmm. believe they're going to go through the first 350 million like the, or billion like that. Mm-hmm. So give us another 250 billion and then what they're saying is, okay, we give you that money and I don't know how they projected how they've come up with 250 billion, but when you look at it that way, you then can say, okay, that's $600 billion yeah. to keep people employed. What, was that over the next six months, is it? Well, or, or for the duration of the, a certain duration of the loan? Yeah, uh, could be, yeah, could, I don't know if it's through the term of the loan. I'm not sure. But but think about this. Um, You hit on something. Where did they come up with $250 billion? Are these arbitrary numbers? I was thinking about this with the $600 a week for, for people who are unemployed, right? But the package itself, the entire package was what? Two and a half trillion, mm-hmm. right? And part of that was loans. 
you know, which I'm not going to assume are going to be paid back, but the idea is that those loans would be paid back when business is up and running again. Let's hope that is the case. Except many of them become grants if you keep people employed. Exactly. But the point is, is that did they did they underestimate it all across the board? Not just small business. Where do they come up with $250 billion? Is that just an arbitrary number where, what, what, where politically, okay, this is where we uh, we will, would have to draw the line and basically uh, kind of amending what they just did, if you think about it. This is really kind of an well, amendment. Well, no, it's, an, it's the, it's the uh, coronavirus model, except in an economic exactly. model, updated. The, coro- yes. the coronavirus, here, here's what you're looking at. The coronavirus and the, the, the damage that it would cause to society was widely in the early models overblown correct yes right but the economic models of the damage have been totally undersold even to members of congress okay yeah and so as you get through just less than two weeks after the first one passes they're like oh geez we're not even close for small business whatsoever i said i said that a couple of weeks ago and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a, a right now it's a patch quilt you're just going to keep adding to it as you go along. Right. They were, I mean, just days after they passed the last stimulus, they're, they're talking about number four, and now we're talking about another 250 for small business. Again, I don't think they know. I think it's an arbitrary number. I think it's a Ferguson model all over again, except in the opposite direction. McConnell uh, said uh, yesterday that he warned that any legislation Congress passes next should be focused on fixing the oversight of the last bill. Okay. Uh, hmm. Less, less than two weeks later, by the way. Right, yes, yes, yes. Well, but, but this was inevitable. This is the society we live in. No, look, this is different than a, a financial crisis, you know, something that starts as a financial crisis, definitely. And we do need the, the federal government, uh, when it comes to emergency mode, we do look to help people that are in need. But you, you go back to the last stimulus package and how many people, how many families of four that get that $3,400, $1,200 per adult, $500 per child, needed that money, are directly affected by COVID. How many of them are still working? How, how many of them have a financial situation that really isn't any different right now? Hey, wait a minute. I might be for Schumer's bill here. What's that? You know, Schumer, where he wants to pay $25,000 in hazard pay for essential workers, including doctors and nurses, as well as grocery store clerks. Now, Republicans say they're not going to pass it. Mm -hmm. But, hey, guys, Mm. Brian Allen, we're essential workers. We are. Uh, Work is a big word in radio. But, yeah, we're employees. we're, We're essential to the fabric of society. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I don't care whether it's BS. Do I get do I get mine? All I want is what's coming to me. All I want is my fair share. Sally Brown from a Charlie Brown Christmas, in case you're wondering where you've heard that before. Mm. Yeah. That's hey, funny. We, you sounded just like her too. Can we pick up some cash? <laughs> could you and I pick up some cash here? Twenty is is it a t- one time twenty five thousand dollar payment? It says uh Republican leaders expect Schumer will attempt to attach 
any of a number of Democrat priorities to the request, such as up to 25000 in hazard pay for essential workers, including doctors and nurses, as well as grocery store clerks. Hey, we have to come in. Mm. We have to, you know, we're we're more at a risk here. And hey, mm. how about how about hazard pay for somebody who has an underlying condition? Mm-hmm. Ooh, 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 ooh. I've got two underlying conditions. You get 50K. I should get out of here. I should get out with a million dollars, I think, for the risk I'm. Who's with me? Well, you know, what's interesting is is that. I didn't you, hear anybody say, we are. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, you look at first responders uh, or people in the healthcare industry. I mean, more directly, you could, you could look um, because the first responders have to be there. The cops have to be on mm-hmm. duty. They have to yeah. be, you know, they have to show up, right? Uh, but there's hazard pay. Talk about hazard pay. And they have firefighters and, and police right. officers every day. Forget about COVID. Yeah, everything else. There, well, yeah. and, and I have a, a niece who is a doctor, and I, I haven't bothered her with my, you know, my silly questions based on curiosity. But I am curious, and I'm, of course, concerned for her. She's exposed, exposed like everybody else in the healthcare industry. Yeah. We're- and, and the, but they're exposed all the time. Think about going to a clinic. It is very, right now, the, um, and I was in one last week, uh, just a, a routine checkup. And I went in, and the only thing that was different is all the doors were propped open. So you didn't have to touch a door to go in. And you had, they, they took your temperature right there at the front of the building before you went inside the clinic. I, I, it was in the foyer area. but And then ask you a few basic questions. The point being is that, but every day, other than that, every day, they take the same precautions in clinics and hospitals all the time. You, When would the hazard pay end? If, if you're applying it because of the hazard. It'd just be a one-time thing. I know. But the, the idea of doing it is what? Well, because they're exposed? This, we, uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. Because because, because look, they're always look, exposed. Look, you 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 look at, for example, what they you know, and I'm having fun with it. By the way, I I don't expect any. I I don't expect, and nor should I get uh, any hazard money. I I'm having fun. By the with way, it. you speak for yourself there. Well, I, I, we we are not, but we are not exposed. I want to make this clear. Mm-hmm. We are not exposed like firefighters are. People working exactly. in hospitals, right? Even grocery clerks. We come in, and we have said from the very beginning. We have the only reason we're doing this here is because in. For all intents and purposes, our building is shut down. There might be, you know, 100 people, 150 people, even if you look at the offices down, you know, down from us, you know, in here mm-hmm. at, at any time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's hard to, during it's, the day. It's hard to find parking here. You, I usually end up parking on the street. Really? Actually, yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, I come yeah. up here quite a bit. See, I've never day. I've never been here during, I'm, during never, normal times. I've never been here during the day. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, uh, there is nobody in the building during the day. Mm-hmm, right. It's just us in here right at now, night yeah. and maybe a couple of other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Michael Savage's control board mm-hmm. room is right there. And right. So his, they, his they, production c- staff is here. They're still coming in, right? Yeah, that's, right. that's yeah. it. Yeah. In, in the whole building, except right. the engineer who's checking it once a week. So mm-hmm. nobody else is here. We're not at all at risk like people that are out in the public. I was no, just, well, I want to make sure I was just having fun. But, you know, but, you know, the, I guess the point I was making is, is that if you, if you look at it, how many jobs every single day, first responders, right? Uh, paramedics, um, everybody in the healthcare industry that works in a hospital. Well, the hospital is all about sick people. So there are contagious, uh, diseases and viruses every single day. 
Again, if you were going to apply special hazard pay to it, it would be never ending because that hazard to them, for them, is never ending. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's go to Bill in Kansas City. Bill, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi, Bill. Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? Very good. Thanks and, for calling. Uh, and Eric, my condolences. Uh, that would yeah, that would be that, Gary. That, that would be Gary. Gary that, is the one that who would be Gary. I'm yeah, sorry, that, Gary. That's, oh, that's okay. okay. That's okay. But, Thank uh, you. Talking about my mom. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, uh, but I want to tell you that. Uh, well, I, I'll get right to the point. I miss whenever it whenever it must have happened when uh, when the orange man put on a a uh, lab coat and became Dr. Mengele and went out to the uh, uh, to the COVID patients and started treating patients with with experimental drugs instead of just saying like like you guys pointed out very clearly he simply said there's this medicine that we already have yep <laughs> that we already know its side effects yep. and some doctors think it might be a good thing to use and right. I hope and and based and based on yeah and based on the French study, right. and as we said, then then when the University of Kansas, uh, you know, small study came out, that's what he's basing it on. He just didn't say of all the millions of different prescriptions that exist out there in the medicines, this is the magic pill. Right? He didn't say that. No. And that's what they're making it sound like he and they, they, he they said. make it sound like he's he's you know basically. Um, uh, <laughs> On on Twitter, uh, retweeting things, uh, conspiracy theory type stuff. They that's what they want you to believe. Yeah, right, right. They want you to believe he's living in a fantasy land. But he, the only thing he's doing is pointing to the medical community and and trying to offer some hope. Aren't we all hopeful that the treatment will work? In huge ways? No, we're all not. No, no, we're all not. We hopeful. hate no. hope. <laughs> Boo! We don't. Hope. We hate hope. Boo! And change. Here, here's your forecast. In California, typically, on average, the wettest month is February and November to January, thanks to the Pineapple Express storms. But we are seeing a heavy amount of rain again today for Southern California. Look for heavy mountain snow to continue into Thursday at the lower elevations. Heavy rainfall could pose a flash flood risk to burn scar locations. In the mountainous areas of San Bernardino and Riverside counties, 10 to 20 inches of snow are possible, prompting winter storm warnings. The central and southern plains will be dry. Minnesota and Wisconsin have a system moving through, which could provide some snowfall in the overnight hours and rain throughout the day. That system will stay north of Chicago. The bulk of the rain today east of the Mississippi will include the chance for severe weather in West Virginia on up through southern Ohio and Pennsylvania. Rain will continue into the northeast through tomorrow. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trapp. Your forecast is brought to you by the TruckSmart mobile app from Travel Centers of America. Download TruckSmart today to get what you need when you need it. 
They Don't Speak Boomer, Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's head back to you. We go to Jim in Pittsburgh. Jim, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, yeah, hi, uh, Gary. Sorry to hear about your mother. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, just so you know where I'm coming from, I'm, I work, I'm out of this industry now, but I work for 27 years as an institutional pharmaceutical salesman calling burn trauma wounds. I cover Buffalo and Western New York and Western PA. So let's drill down what they're doing with this drug. Um, number one, hydroxyquine is, is, was approved for malaria in the mid-50s. It's in generic form. There's nine companies that make it. There's no money in it. <laughs> The left is so insane on it that they're trying to say drug because he has some stock in Santa Fe that makes one of nine makers of the drug. Here's even worse: two companies, two states have permitted the pharmacists to dispense it on outpatient for it: um, New York and Michigan. The governors are playing politics with the drug. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't because there, there's. They're saying they can't prescribe it. Because uh, I have a, a cousin lives in Michigan. I was talking to Dan mm-hmm. Right, but New York, New York is New York. It's now available up to the hospitals to decide. Yeah, right, uh, right. to the hospitals. And you'll right. see. By the way, you'll see the political pressure back uh, on on any other governor that tries to stand in the way because they're trying to make the excuse that it should be limited to clinical trials and available to. Right, right. And so that way we yes. have plenty yeah. to go around. But if well, if the market is flooded with it, that is going to change politically. It's not going to happen. And, and here's what's even crazy about it. Clinical trials, they don't do them on those kind of drugs. I'll tell you the reason why. Not most slime. Because if you're the placebo, which means the sugar pill, it, it, you're going to die if you don't get it. And, and in fact, um, they're more prone to die from sepsis than they are uh, COVID-19. I mean, I, that was my job, to prevent people dying from sepsis, calling doctors, burn units, whatever. But I'm getting deep. I don't want to get too deep into it. But just drilling it back to where the average person can understand it. The CDC has told the doctors, and this is kind of crazy, if you suspect COVID-19 as their, that while they die, put it down as their death certificate. They're prone for bacterial infections that will kill them with sepsis. And I just, you know, so that number is going to be inflated. You, when, you, when you pass away, you know, you know what goes in your death certificate when you go to a hospital, what you're coded in for. For example, if you have, um, if you have COPD, for example. Mm-hmm. You, you, if you die of pneumonia because it's infection, you know it goes down in your death certificate? COPD, you're coded in on that. Um, well, when I last looked at a death certificate, you had the primary, the secondary, uh, and the tertiary cause of death. Yeah, so you, you, you so it's it's listed. I mean, it's listed. You you can get an idea by looking at yeah. death certificates. Thanks, you yeah. know, that, that's been promoted, the fact that, you know, the whole CDC, well, if you just think it. Well, my mom was just in the hospital, mm-hmm. and she was tested twice for coronavirus and didn't have it i haven't seen her death certificate yet right but uh i have a feeling when i see it it will go through you'll have an understanding of exactly you know know, why you know what why she died Mm -hmm. uh the the i understand that there are people because that's another concern there are people out there that come in with coronavirus but we're not taking the secondary thing the coronavirus might have not killed them yet they had the coronavirus and something else might have killed them we'll see what happens in the death certificate and how that all comes out in the wash Right. And again, I think in terms of getting back to the political discussion or any governor that wants to stand in the way to make a, their case, I guess, against the president or the administration, that's on, that's going to be very short lived. Uh, if they're saying it, if they're trying to use the excuse, there's not that we have limited 
doses right now in the state. Again, that will also be short-lived. As you see, what was it, 29 million doses um, being ordered by the executive branch, and you're going to see far, the pharma companies that are going to be pumping it out and some saying even even that they'll donate it that that they'll 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 put it into into place in in all states when that political pressure change and it will it'll change if the number of cases rises then those governors will have to stand down uh but as to because this has been talked about also i've seen this well is there a shortage there's no shortage of it for the number of people that we know right now that are seriously ill right or uh in stable condition ill right uh of coronavirus there's enough dosages to go around for everybody mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even from what i've seen it's not even close right as to there being any type of short supply did you notice so has any hospital not had the number of ventilators that they have needed um i d- i don't they, know of they, any story being right. reported saying that they ran out of ventilators right. and they needed more we, based on their their caseload? We've heard that if we don't get them, we'll be short in a yes. number of weeks. Right. Well, and but Mayor we have, de Blasio said, "Yeah, we we have enough equipment. Generally speaking, enough equipment to get us to Monday or Tuesday." This was over the weekend. You know, and and well, you had Governor Cuomo. What was that last week saying we don't have enough beds? And then it came up that okay, yeah, they did have enough beds. And he said, well, it's not about the beds now, it's about ventilators. So he basically changed the topic. The point being is that the prediction models are all changing, and let's hope they keep changing for, let's let's hope that, again, that they're wrong. But the problem is, the problem with that is, is the fear that it creates in the public. The people that aren't directly affected by it in that city or in that state even, they may be out of the state. Watching someone, a high-profile governor like Governor Cuomo, say something, you're changing the psychology of a uh, of an entire nation, and and that has a real effect. You and I were talking about the you know the prediction models you were talking about earlier, how they've changed drastically in three days. Well, and and I said early on, early on, early on, it was like two weeks ago. Wow, um, but I said. The concern that I have is that you have people making decisions, implementing policy, based on what? Well, some of the first, uh, the Ferguson model, the first Ferguson model. Well, that drove a number of local and state leaders to implement policy that was limiting people's liberties every well, day. Well, you had Judge Clay Jenkins to, in order to shut down Dallas County. Mm-hmm was quoting of the 480,000 possible deaths in Texas. Right. By the way, that was immediately challenged by a ton of us. Yes. Saying, well, that there is, you know, that that model absolutely is wrong. Right. But it was used as an example to to shut down. Now, does Texas expect 480,000 deaths? We don't expect the new model as we know, the Murray model predicts nationwide 80,000 deaths by August. Right. So will we see 460 or four, whatever it was, 460 or 480 in the state of Texas? Not even close. And and we're talking about figures that would be what? Compared to what we might have in Texas extrapolated out, and I don't know what the prediction is now for the Murray model, 
But if you look at it and say, on average, if we have not, we don't have 80 or we don't have uh, 2.2 million deaths, but 80,000 deaths, well, you're, you're talking 25 times off. Yeah, right. On that on that particular model, right? And the model saying four hundred eighty thousand for the state of Texas, mm -hmm. which of course we're not going to come anywhere near that. You could talk about thirty, thirty to forty times lower rate than what was predicted, right? But everything was shut down based on that, which again we said before, people will start taking cost benefit analysis yeah. and saying, right. all right, what was what were we told? And what actually happened? Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Let's go to David in Syracuse, New York. David, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Oh, hold on a second. Wait. Got, uh, hold on just a second. Line there. four. Yes. Yep. 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 Uh, uh, David right. in Syracuse. Welcome. Hi, David. Yeah. Hi, David. Hi, guys. How are you, Gary? My condolences on the passing of your mother. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. My father you. always told us, "Nobody loves you like your mother loves you." Mm. So that's a tough loss to take for anybody. Thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I want to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, the, the federal government, the state governments, they, they have the ability to raise massive amounts of uh, money with borrowing. But how about your lower tiers of government, like county, city, village? Um, what, what effect is, is this economy going to have on their ability to raise revenue that mostly comes from property and sales tax? And then on top of that, your, your local school systems that, uh, again, you know, their revenue comes from property and sales tax. That, this, this economy is going to be devastating on their budgets. How much, I, I don't remember the amount in the bill that's going to be going to state uh, state governments to hand out. Uh, and I don't know whether it's going to cover that full loss or whatever, but think about this. I, I just realized in the next week or so i should be getting my property tax bill for this year yeah right and i just i wonder whether the assessment when they assessed it which would probably have been in february be close to what the assessment will be <laughs> yeah in 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 april mm -hmm. uh but they're going to expect their money especially from private residences but will there be will there be some type of property tax uh you know reduction from, I, I from see, local governments. Because I, I could see a lot of the central appraisal districts saying uh, implementing policy that at least freezes the value of homes and says we're not going to we're not going to do a, a reevaluation this year uh, to at least make sure that they don't increase the amount that is owed. Now tax rates are different, but if you it's based on of course the value of the home and then you apply the tax rate accordingly, you could probably see central appraisal districts. Making that call, saying, well, making okay, the freeze so it doesn't go higher. That's not going to happen. Well, it's well, no. I mean, for the year, freezing it, freezing assessments just for the year, saying we're not going to do the, we're not going to do the, we're not going to increase values at this point, or we're not going to, um, we're not going to add those increased values to the roll until next year. They do have the authority to do that. They can say, right, right. Uh, each central appraisal district has that authority. I well, could see them doing something like that, but in terms of reducing. I don't. I don't know that. Well, then, that I would see it happening. Are you going to have massive liens put on proper commercial properties? Especially, oh. you think commercial yeah, yeah, properties, yeah. especially, yeah. and the number of people that have been laid off. You're mm -hmm. talking about 
massive numbers of people that aren't going to be able to pay their property taxes. Right, right. Well, I, I was talking to um, a, a someone in the financial field yesterday morning, and they were talking about what you and I have been talking about, and that is months ago, businesses all over the country were looking and evaluating how much they were paying in rent per employee, basically. Do they need every employee on site? Well, now after COVID, every you know, with so many people working from home, do you reduce again your your rent? Uh, you, can you get by with a smaller office and have people work remotely? Uh, commercial real estate could be overdeveloped for quite some time. Think about that because I think that is going to likely be a permanent change. I don't know to what extent. But I think more companies will reevaluate and say, okay, during this time, we did see a, a production may, you know, go down a little bit because of what's going on with the virus. If somebody is, uh, their family is directly affected by it. But I know at least in a few cases, again, anecdotal evidence here, uh, where I have family members and friends that say they're actually working more from home. They're working longer hours. They're logging in because it's easier to log in and they're doing the work and they may take a break here and there, but they're on their computers until 9 or 10 at night. I just wonder what the property tax, I think it brings up a great point, though. What mm-hmm. would the property tax hit be for so many yeah. municipal? What would the property tax hit be for New, for New York State? And sales for New tax. York City, for example. And, and sales, sales tax. tax, too, yes. I mean, because if, yep. you know, if, we're, if we're not spending that money in the marketplace. Yep. Wow. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690. Red Eye will get to more of your calls and comments coming up following uh, the top of the hour if you would uh, like to get in, because there's a lot of people wanting to get in on the discussion. Yeah. As, uh, as, as always, as we live in unusual times right now, don't we? We do. We do. Um, it's interesting. Uh, the, the caller brings up a number of things that I guess haven't really been discussed widely. I, they probably have at the local level. You know, during meetings and everything else, of all right, what do we do as a small town? I mentioned the other day, uh, you know, you see the small towns and they're seeing these cases develop in these small towns. And because you rely, everybody in those small towns, they rely on the, you know, very few grocery stores uh, and and sources of, of the things that they, they get, they need. They all basically go to the same place, right? And so it's harder for them, even though it's a smaller population, uh, per capita, you see a rise in some of the cases in small towns. But then you think about exactly what the caller was talking about. And that is the the long-term effect or, or even just a 90-day, 120-day effect on revenue not coming in. Sales taxes not coming in. You know, towns can't print money. So states can't print money. States can't print money. They go into debt, but they can't print money. Right. But these small towns, they have no choice. I, I, I don't know what they do. How do they put? How do they pay their law enforcement? You leave that to the county, I guess, maybe, or the state.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.